The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Today's daf is being studied the Adun Shmat of Ram Ben Esther. Today's daf is being studied for Ashlema, Shlomo Ben Miriam, Sarah Bat Rachel, Gabriel, Shaul, Shaul Chai, Gabriel Ben, Sarah Yosef Ben Sarah, Elna, Refan Lahim. Four lines from the top. Gemara begins. That's where we starting from. from the Shavings of the Luchot, the Sultan Shel Luchot, which means when they chiseled it, the chiselings we'll call that, of the tablets. The tablets were made out of sapphire stone. <laughs> when they chiseled it, God told them, He can keep the Imar, Pesol Lechash Luchot Abanim Karishonim, Pesultan Shel Chaming, Pesol Lechad, the Psolet, the chiselings belong to you, Yeh. Amar Biosur Bahrain, Lonita Tura Ela Le Mosheul Zero. Originally, the Torah was only given <coughs> only to Moshe Rabbeinu <coughs> and his direct descendants. Shneimar ketov lecha pesol lecha ma pesultan shechad. Just like the chiselings were just to Moshe, af ketavcha ketavan shelcha. So, to the writing of the Torah itself was originally given to <coughs> just Moshe Rabbeinu. So comes Gemara and says, Moshe nahag ba'atovatayim. Sherebin was very generous. Then atnal Yisrael. And then he generously gave it over to Kla Yisrael. Ba'ala ba'katuf omer, tovayin huyivorach. Says Moshe Rabbeinu was blessed. Why? Because he gives us the, uh, he gives us the Torah. According to his understanding, Torah was given really exclusive for Moshe Rabbeinu. <coughs> but why did he share it with us? So Moshe Rabbeinu is considered a tovayin. Mativ Rafazda Beoti Siva Shem Baetahi Lilamed Etchem. You have a clear Pasuk that says that uh, Pasuk writes that Moshe Rabbeinu says, and God commanded me at that time Lilamed Etchem to teach you. So you see clearly what I was given initially to Moshe to give to Bnei Israel. Beoti Siva Vaani Lachem. So read the Pasuk. No, God commanded me Vaani Lachem, and me on my own gave it to. So again the Pasuk says, Behold, I taught you, Just like God commanded me. So you see the Pasuk is saying what? The Moshe Rebbeinu did teach And that was the same drama because Baruch Hu. says, no. Oti Siva. God commanded me initially, and I subsequently gave it over to Klai Yisrael. So again, that was on his own. Pasuk says, God tells Moshe Rabbeinu, write over this Shirah. Now we're assuming the Shirah is what? The Torah. Write over the Torah and give it over to the Yisrael. Yemarah <coughs> says, no. This point, Yemarah says, no, it's just Parashat Azinu. The Shira, write them the Shira, give them this uh, Parashat Aziru. 
לצקוד לצקו השירה. למה ענתיה לי השירה הזאת לעד בבני ישראל? He says, can't be just האזינו. He says, write them over this שירה, and this is going to be a testimony for, um, for, for בני ישראל. Now we say a testimony, it means the whole Torah. You can't just say, פרשת האזינו is going to be a testimony. We give the whole Torah to Christ Israel. So now we're back to the question. It seems that what? The Torah was given initially not only for Moshe Rabbeinu. It was given over to Moshe, to his descendants, for all of Klai Yisrael. So what did the initial statement mean when it says the Torah was only given to Moshe? Moshe was generous, and he shared it with Klai Yisrael. So Gabbara says, Ela pilpula be'alma, which means that Kadosh Baruch Hu gave Moshe Rabbeinu some wisdom in order to understand the Torah on a deeper level. That was just for Moshe Rabbeinu. He didn't have to give it over to Klai Yisrael. The laws and the mitzvot, of course, were given for Moshe Rabbeinu. Like we saw those pesukim above. But what? What was given over by Moshe Rabbeinu himself? That was just the pilpul that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, gave over to Klai Yisrael. That's the Omek Halakha, the depth of the Halakha. And that was the Tovat Ayin that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, shared with Klai Yisrael. Amar Rabbi Yohanan, Ere Kadosh Baruch Hu, Meshleshchinato... When God wants to uh, <coughs> put his uh, rest, his Shekhinah, the uh, divine presence, like Nivu'ah, he only puts his Nivu'ah on people that have certain qualifications. What are the qualifications in order to be a Navi? So it's Ela al Gibor, and one has to be somebody that has strength, Gibor, physical strength, Ve'ashir, wealthy, Ve'acham, uh, intellectually, uh, scholar, ve'anav and humble, ve'chulan and Moshe, and all these traits we learn from Moshe. Gibor, dichtiv. How do we know Shlomo was a gibor? Because it says by Moshe, va'yifros et ha'ohel ala mishkan. Mishkan was made up of kerashim, right? You had those the poles going all around, and then they covered it on top. The, the mishkan was covered with yiriot. Who covered the top of the mishkan? Moshe Rabbeinu. Now how long were these kirashim? So it says, how tall? Amar Mor, Moshe Rabbeinu, Parso, Moshe Rabbeinu did it. It says, Vayifros, who's Vayifros? Who covered the Mishkan? Moshe Rabbeinu did it himself. Uchtiv, Aesir, Amot, or Rechakeresh. Each Keresh was ten Amot. Because Moshe Rabbeinu had at least to be ten Amot in order to cover the, cover the Mishkan. He had to be as high as the kirashim in order to throw the, the covering over it. So we assume Moshe Rabbeinu was a gibor. Ten Amot is like twenty feet high. So therefore you have to assume that he was a gibor. It was not who told you, Emma Darik Mekatin. Maybe he was long and skinny. <coughs> then we have no idea just because he was tall, that he was necessarily strong. Ela Menadenkira, Ela we learned from the following Pasuk Dikhtiv, Vait Pos Bishna Luhot, the Ashlichem Ashtiadai Vashabirim. Moshe Rabinu took the Luhot and he threw them down from the mountain and he broke them. So that was a feat of strength, the Gemara is saying. Why? Vetanya, we learned about that. Luchot Urkan Shisha. The length of the Luchot were six. Six Tefahim. Verochban Shisha. And they were also uh, the width, six Tefahim. Verobian Shilosha. And the uh, thickness of them was Shilosha. And therefore, I made it out of sapphire stone. A very heavy, uh, um, uh, w- very weightly. And therefore, for Moshe Rabbeinu to throw them down and break them, that had to be with tremendous amount of kawah. So that's where you see the strength of Moshe Rabbeinu, the ability that he was able to shatter the luchot that were very heavy and very solid stone. So that's why we know he was strong. Ashir, how do we know he was wealthy? Peso lecha. 
the Sultan should like we just learned that the, the uh, chiselings of the Luchot which made out of sapphire were given to Moshe Rabbeinu that's how he became wealthy Hakam how do we know this Hakam Rav Uswayev Amri Tarvayu Hamishim Sha'areh Binan Nivriu Ba'olam there are 50 gates of wisdom that are created in the world Vechulam Nitnu Moshe Haser Achat Moshe Rabbeinu reached all the gates of wisdom Except one. And then he reached the 49th level. Shneemar. me'at meloim. That he was just like me'at meloim from the divine understanding. So it means he got the 49. I tell you, no, he's a hakam. Anav. Dekhtiv ha'ish Moshe anav. Me'od. Clear pasuk. So the Mephashim explain an interesting explanation. They say that the main midah of a prophet is really anava. That's the main uh, midah. But in order to be... Uh, uh, humble, so you need to have all these other great qualities, and then be humble about them. Which means, all these other qualities, Hakam, Gibor, Ashir, they make the person, they give the person an ability to become more humble. Because mm-hmm. now that he has all these things, he has something to be, to play down, something not to, not to, not to boast about. But if he doesn't have anything, if he's not successful, so what can be humble? What is he going to be humble about? So we want to really uh, uh, enhance his humility. So how does the enhancement of the humility take place? By giving him all the other qualities, if the humility now becomes much more pronounced. continues, all the prophets, they were Ashir. Now some say the prophet has to be Ashir, so his words will be listened. Because many times, a person who has uh, money, so the people listen to him. So that was one of the qual- qualifications. Says, All the prophets, they were wealthy. Minalan, Mimoshe, Umishimuel, Me'amos, Umiyona. All those prophets that we just listed, we know that what? Prophets were actually wealthy, they had money. Moshe, Dikhtiv, what is Moshe Rabbeinu? Lo chamor echad mehem nasati. Moshe Rabbeinu says, I didn't take even one hamor, one donkey from the people. So the Gemara what does it mean he didn't take even one donkey? agra. If it means I didn't take a donkey without paying. What is he coming to exclude? Somebody that takes without getting paid? The guy's a thief. Which is what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying. I didn't take a donkey without uh, paying for it. <coughs> so what does that mean? Of course, who, who are you coming to exclude? Somebody that did take a donkey without paying for it? That guy's a thief. Moshe Rabbeinu is not coming to exclude himself uh, uh, for being a thief. He's coming along and saying, even with paying, I didn't even pay. I didn't even rent a, I didn't pay uh, uh, for, for, for a donkey. Which means what? He was wealthy. He didn't need it. So therefore you see what? <coughs> And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu is coming along to say, that he, uh, you know, he supported uh, himself. He didn't have to even uh, rent, uh, pay, uh, for a, uh, pay, for, uh, pay for a donkey. So the, uh, for transportation, obviously. So comes the Gabbana and says, Dilma Mishum Da'ani Hava. Maybe it's because he was poor. That's why he says he couldn't, uh, um, you know, uh, pay for, for, a, uh, for a donkey from Christ. So you have no Ra'ayah from Moshe Rabbeinu. That from that source that he was indeed rich. Maybe he didn't have the money to pay for the uh, Debe Sechirut. Right? So Kamsi Gabran says, Ela min peso lecha. So we go back to the original proof. I didn't know Moshe Rabbeinu was wealthy. From the Pasuk of peso lecha, pesultan yeshadcha. The chiselings of the Luchot, which was sapphire, going to belong to you. Shemuel, I didn't know Shemuel was wealthy. Dikhtiv, 
נגד השם ונגד משיחו משה ויהיה מקס את הסטמוני אמוץ את הסטמוני that he makes it sure, let somebody answer me it sure me לקחתי whose sure axe did I take וחמור מי לקחתי and whose donkey did I take I didn't take anything from anybody again, if he's saying he took it for free he didn't pay for them who's he coming to exclude? somebody took it for free, they didn't pay, that's a ganav same point he didn't even have to, he didn't pay no, same cash back, maybe he was poor that's why he couldn't afford to pay for a uh, to rent a donkey or, or a short because the person said he would return to the place of because that's where his house was so the Gebra says that everywhere Shemuel would travel he traveled with his house he had all his belongings he had his bed and his uh, provisions. I mean, he didn't get anything from the people. He didn't need from the people. He was able to support himself when he would travel from city to city to give the Rashot, things like that. Kishan Beto. So if you see Moshe Shemuel, I must have had money. Amar Rava Gadol Mashneemar B'Shmuel Yot Mashneemar B'Moshe. It's even greater what was said by Shemuel and Avi regarding his wealth, even more than Moshe Rabbeinu. The Moshe Rabbeinu Ketiv Lo Hamor Echad Me. Nasat, I didn't take one hamor from the people. Da'afilu b'sachar, which is I didn't even pay for it, like we learned above. That's why he didn't pay in between. Say that that that, that he didn't even have to uh, pay for a uh, a donkey from the people, which means he had it. Which means the way they're learning over here. But if somebody would have done it for him, it sounds like Moshe Rabbeinu would have taken it. Because he didn't go and do it himself. But if it was given to him. You know, he would have uh, taken it. However, even if they would have given it to him, even if they wouldn't, he wouldn't have to ask. If willingly, they would have said, "We want to, you know, give you a uh, a donkey." What? And we and rent it to, to you and things like that. He didn't take it. You're right. You didn't take anything from us. Which means you didn't take anything from us. The word sotanu, which means even willingly, where we wanted to rent something to you and give it to you, you didn't want to take it from us. Therefore, the difference of Moshe Rabbeinu was Moshe might have taken it if it was given to him willingly. Where uh, Moshe Rabbeinu would just say, "I didn't take it. I, I didn't rent it against your will." Whereas Shmuel says, "Even willingly, I did not take anything from Christ." Comes again, but I continues. Amos. I didn't know Amos was a wealthy man. Dekhtiv, Vayan Amos Vayomir al-Ammatsya. Ammatsya was one of the prophets that prophesied for the Nevi'a Baal, for Yeruv Am bin Nevat. So uh, Ammatsya and Amos had, uh, you know, words amongst themselves. So, he, he, so the, the, the prophet Amos tells Ammatsya, Lo Navi Anochi velo Ben Navi Anochi. Ki Boker Anochi uboles Shikmim. Amos refers to himself as a boker and somebody as boles shikmim. What does this mean? Metargem Rabbi Yosef. Arem maregete ana. I'm a man of flock. Meaning maregete means a man that has a lot of sheep. The shikmim, a shepherd that has a lot of flock. The shikmim li b'shifleta. And I cut the uh, shikamim, or I have the shikamim in the... Um, 
in the valley. Shikrima like uh, sycamore uh, trees. Mm-hmm. She had a lot of trees uh, as well. So you see why they must have had a lot of uh, wealth and a lot of uh, trees and things like that. That's from Amos. Come to Gabbara continues. Yonah, I didn't know Yonah was wealthy. Dictive. It says when Yonah was going on the boat, running away from Hashem, so he got in a boat to Tarshish. So says, Vayitin Sechalai, paid it, you know, paid the, uh, the money, its ways, the, 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 the fare. Vayirit Bani, we got on the boat. Amar Yohanan, Shinatan Sechara, Shil Sefina Kula. He paid, he chartered the whole boat, he paid for all the money himself. Seems that the, 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 the sailors, they weren't traveling. And they didn't have enough uh, customers. Mm-hmm. So he came along and said, I'll pay for the whole amount so you have money, so you, so you don't lose money. You now must have had a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So he rented the entire boat. And how much does that cost? 4,000 golden coins. Originally, Moshe was learning the Torah, and he studied it, and he forgot it. And we reviewed it again, and he forgot it, time after time. It was given to him in a gift. So the and God gave it to him as a matana, as a gift, because he kept on forgetting it. gave it as a gift. We're learning a case where, let's say, you have Reuven in Shimon. Reuven comes along and says, "I'm not going to have any hanaa from Shimon." He makes a neder. So now we're continuing to discuss the different things that Shimon cannot do or can do for Reuven, even though Reuven was Madir Hana'a, right? said that he's forbidden to Hana'a from Shimon. So comes the Gemara, Mishnah begins. Vezan et Ishtov et Banaf. Interesting. Shimon is still allowed to support with Mezonot, the wife of Reuven, the Ed Banaf. Even though Reuven is hayav to support them, and Chaura, we have to understand this uh, this Mishnah over here. Chaura is giving him a hanaa. Uh, How could he give him the uh, the mezonot for his wife and for his uh, son? Didn't he madir hanam? So the different ways of uh, learning this uh, Mishnah over here. So someone is say like this. Yeah, well, let's see the the land first. Zanet eshtovet banav afilu kerabanan atya, which means first of all we have a machloket between Abanan and Hanan. Hanan held that if a person supports uh, his wife, it's not really giving him hanah; it's considered mavriyahari. You're just pushing the lion away from the person from coming and having claims, which means it's not a positive. You're not giving a positive necessarily. It's like just pushing away a creditor. And according to Hanah, pushing away credit is not considered a Hanah. Because otherwise the, the wife would come to the husband. So he's like, she, she, he, he's staving her off by giving the Mizunot. So that's one understanding. It's not a direct Hanah, so to speak. It's just pushing off a creditor. That's one way of interpreting. That's what I say over here. There's a Mahloket, I'm reading over here in the Perush. Hanan and the Bnei Kohenim Gidolim. And we learned to the Masek Kitomot as well. Be'ayana mefanes eshet chavero. A person, let's say, gives his, uh, uh, his friend's wife Panasa, 
Can he then go to the husband and have claims? And I supported your wife. Uh, give me my, uh, give me the money back. So we learned. The husband doesn't give his friend anything. The fact is, Shimon. Can I go to Reuven and say, pay me back what I paid your wife? All it is is just pushing the, the line away. That's all it is. You're stopping Reuven from a potential loss that would come upon it. It's not considered giving him a hana. So that's the opinion of Hana. That's the way we understood our Mishnah. So you just, uh, you know, you can't even have a claim uh, 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 against him. Elawa. You just pushed away a loss that might have come to Reuven. That's like considered giving him an Avaladat hachamim. Hachamim said that the Baal hayav, he's hayav to pay. So therefore, Mamash, you gave him a Hana'ah. Nechshavit priyat ha'chov, Hana'ah gemurah, which means Mamash, you benefited me. Reuven has to pay back. You gave me Hana'ah, you paid my debt, and I got to pay you back. So I can't you learn this according to the, the rabbis. So we said, so then someone said to Mishnah, don't only go and quote the Hanan. They start considered a Hanam, which is the husband, can say, you didn't give me an Hana, you, you, you just, uh, you, you took care of uh, this lady, she should have claims against me. But according to the Banan, no, it's Hana, which means Reuven has to pay back uh, Shimon. So, yeah, so to spoilers, that Amishnah cannot be going like the Shita of the Banan. Someone say it even is going like the Shita of the Banan. How? When did Achamim say that the Rebun has to pay Shimon? That's when he just gave her the money, Shimon, Stam, without being explicit. But if he says, No, I'm giving you this Panasazay, Matana. And a bal chayav lo klum. He doesn't have to compensate him at all. And therefore, we can learn the case of the Mishnah Torah where he gave it as a matana. And therefore, even according to Chachamim, it's not considered a hanaa. So it's big chadush the Mishnah. Reuven makes a hanaa. Shimon could support the children and his wife. And since according to Hanan, the husband has no claims, which means that the husband Shimon has no claims against Reuven. So therefore, you see, it's not a hanaa. According to Hanan, the way Hanan is learning. And therefore, and even with Achimim in certain situations, he doesn't have to pay back the uh, uh, Therefore, it's not in the Isur So we read again. Bezar, but Shimon should not support it. Bento, the animals of Reuven, ben temeah, ben teora, whatever type of animal it is. Why? Because by by feeding his animals. They become more expensive now. Become fatter and have a bigger uh, value. So you gave him a hana. You didn't give it directly to Reuven, but you, you gave it to his assets. You, you, you fanned up his animals. I don't care if it's a kosher animal or not kosher animal. You cannot feed his animals. The bee, the eyes Romer, zan etatemeah. The eno zan etateora. He says, no. The bee, the eyes says, you could feed the temeah animal, but you cannot feed the Torah. Now what's the difference? Bottom line, you're fattening up his animals. So they tell to be the Izzet. What's the difference? Why are you saying you can feed the Tema'ah but you cannot feed the Torah? Amar Lehui says, When you slaughter the Torah, when you give it to the Shamaim, then it's nefesh back to the Shamaim. Who does the body belong to? The body becomes his. If he gets to eat it. 
Therefore, by feeding the Torah animals, you're giving it to a Venahana'a, that when he slaughters, he's going to have more meat. However, with Temeah, what happens when you slaughter with Temeah? Nafsha, Vegufa, Lashamayim. The Temeah can't do anything with it. Once you slaughter it, it belongs all to the Shamayim. You can't eat it. Therefore, you do not get a Hana'a. Look at the Iran. Back on the Amudishon, the Bidiyazum is Zanet, the Temeak in the first verse, which commands the end by the Mudarana Achila. He goes with Achila Hana. Since you can't eat the Temeak, Enu Neleb Zunotav Sheel Madir, the Gufashilo, but by the Torah, the body belongs to him. La Achila, El Kach, I Mefatem La Manila, that Temeak, Nafshak Vadashwam, Sheel no by Tenachila, when such Enu Nene, the Futma. You're not giving him any Hana by. Fattening it up. Comes the Gibishtai continues and says, What do you mean? Amrullah. Yes, I agree. That when you slaughter it, the nephes goes back to the Shamaim. But the body belongs to the owners. To the Oven. How? Can he sell it to a goy? So therefore, and the meat got the more value because it's uh, fattened up. Therefore, he shouldn't be allowed to feed even the temeah or makhel lekelavim. Or yes, tovatana is able to give it to the dogs. So therefore, you see what that there is ana even by a temeah ran sheim yirtze harezu mochral leovde kuchavim sheochlim ota. Right, the goyim eat temeah animals. Ushim mefutemet lochim ota biyoter. When it's fattened up, they take it for more money. Therefore, according to the Hakamim, they say what? Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to give Reuven's animal, not none of the animal's food. Because by the way, even by a Temea animal, even though Reuven cannot eat the animal, but by the way, he can't sell it now for more money, or Machia the Kelabim, or you give it to the dogs. Venimsa, Me'anene, Befotma, Veriboi, Besara. He has big Hana'a from the more uh, fattening of the meat. Now, even Rabili, you're allowed to sell an animal to, to go. You can't uh, sell it on Bikviut, you, can, you can't sell it to an animal to go. That which will be there is Matir to feed a Tema, Ela Lazunam Mizunot Yeterim Kedele Fatema. It's only talking about the excess. Even if the, if the animal, the Tema is dying, and needs food to eat, to live, that's considered Nehene. The Bidiyazu was only matir, the animal already is satiated. He's only matir, to fatten it up will be permissible. But to feed the animal kedeh, the hiyot, in order for it to live, even the Bidiyazu is going to say, that's considered giving hana'atu, the reuven. Bidiyazu's logic is like this. The main purpose of a temeh animal is for what? For work. The owners do not benefit from having a fat animal. On the contrary, the adraba. You're going to spoil it. You make it now uh, going after food. It's not going to want to work. It's going to want to eat all day long. And plus it becomes heavier. It's not able to move around so much. So therefore he owns adraba. Fattening is no good. But the, the food that it needs for, for sustenance to live, that's considered a definite and, uh, and then the Raja just proves it. So that's a very important uh, point. That which the Bili Aizid says, you're allowed, Reuven, Shimon is allowed to feed the Tim'ah animal of Reuven. That's only above and beyond what it needs to live. But what it needs to live, even the, 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 the Bili Aizid is going to be all set. Because apparently you're giving it a 
Right, you're saving money on, on its food. But on the over and above to fatten it up, the realizer says, nah, fatting it up, you're hurting it, Reuven. For sure it's mutar. Because that's not going to work as good. Comes the Gemara. Amar of Yitzhak, Bar Hananya, Amar Rav Huna. Hamudar Anahamahavero. Okay, guy made a nidir against his friend. We'll see exactly who made a nidir against who. Mutar la silo bito. He could give him his daughter to marry. He could give him his the, the, the daughter in order to marry him off to that person. Now, who made a nedir too? We'll see now. Habibar Bizera. So the Bizera analyzed. What are we talking about over here? Okay, let's call the Abikala Shimon. If let's say the father of the bride, Shimon, Asurin Alehatan. Now, Asur on the Hatan, Hatan is Reuven, which is Reuven is oscillating himself to Shimon. He's saying, the property and the assets of Shimon are Asur to me. So it says, mm-hmm. He's giving him an ah, by giving him his daughter, he's giving him a servant. Now, what is the, what is the wife going to do? The wife's going to serve him. And therefore, he's having Hana'a from the property of. Shimon, especially if she's a ketana, so therefore Shimon gives her over. Shimon is able to marry his daughter when she is a ketana. Therefore, gives her over. Now she he has a servant. So therefore, what do you mean? If Reuven's a sutavana from Shimon, how could you tell me Shimon can give over his daughter to marry Reuven? So comes again what and says, Ela hatan asurin al abi kala. I want to say the case is talking about. Nikse Hatan. Who's the Hatan? Nikse Hatan is Which means Shimon is a Surta Vana'a from Reuven. Okay, that we understand. If Shimon's a Surta Vana'a from Reuven, but he can give him his daughter to marry. Right? Because Reuven's having the Hana'a, not Shimon. So that must be the case. When Shimon is a Surta Vana'a from Reuven, and the, the statement is what? Shimon can give over his daughter to Reuven. So what do you mean? Why are you only telling me that case? Tell me, did, did, we have a statement that even tells me, if that's the case. We even said more than that. Didn't we learn that Mishnah just now? Even though Shimon is a sur to have Hana'a uh, uh, from Reuven, uh, uh, so still we're saying what? Which means, you, already we have a bigger hiddush. That Shimon is allowed to give uh, uh, support to, um, to, to, to the wife of uh, Reuven. And to, to the wife of Reuven, we have another statement besides the Hatan Kalakis. That Shimon can give Hana'ah to Reuven directly by giving him Panasa for his wife and children. Which is the direct Hana'ah. So you have to tell me that he can give him his daughter to get married? If Shimon is allowed to give actually money directly to Reuven to support his wife and uh, children, do you have to tell his course? Of course, we're not saying give him his daughter. That's, that's, that's less direct. Look at the Ran, the way he learns it. Look at the Ran. That's the point. If you're allowed, if Shimon could support the daughter of Reuven, once she's still by Reuven, which is Reuven's daughter. You can, you can support her. And that's when Reuven's Hayav bin the Mizonot. Because she can't show her the Mizonot. She can't show her the Mizonot. 
He'll be able to, to be mezinim after he becomes his uh, wife. Let's, let's review this again. We have a bigger statement. Shimon has a daughter, right? It's, and Shimon's a sutavana from Reuven. And still the statement says, Reuven could support Shimon's daughter. Even though the obligation of support is really on Shimon. Like we learned earlier in the Mishnah, that that's like considered being uh, name. And therefore, if Reuven can support Shimon's daughter when the obligation of Mizrot is on Shimon, called Sheken, he could support his daughter when it's his, when it's his wife. So therefore, you don't have to tell me that Shimon can give the, the wife to, to Reuven. That's a uh, called Sheken. So we're back to the question. What's the case where you told me you have a Mudarana scenario between Reuven and Shimon, and one of them to give the wife to the daughter over to, to, to be their wife? What's the case where you have a Hadush? So the Gemara says, I'll tell you the case. Says, Reuven is a surta from Shimon, like we learned earlier. Also, if Reuven is a surta from Shimon, so uh, how can he give him over his daughter? He's giving over a maid, right? So it says, nah, He's not giving over anything. The daughter already is an older girl. She's 12 and a half years old. Where the father does not marry off, she went on her own. And therefore, it's not that Shimon's giving the Hana'ah. The girl has doubt enough to go marry herself off. So therefore, it, he's a lot of he's not. He also did himself for having Hana'ah from Shimon. You're right. If the, if the girls are kept an hour now, Hana'ah, who's in charge of giving her over? The father. Then Shimon is Mamash giving over an asset. Mashaykin, if she's a bogeret, She's already of age. She can marry herself. Or she doesn't need the father. That already is permissible. So that's the case. Shimon give his daughter over when she's a But if she's a bogeret, she can go on her own. We have the next case. Hamudar benol Talmud Torah. Person has a son. He wants a son to study Torah all day. Doesn't want to have any bitu Torah that a son should have. So he says, you know what? I'm oseting myself to have an hour for my son, because he doesn't want his son to be interrupted. He has to do errands and things like that. He just wants him to sit and study Torah all day. I'm oseting myself to have any an hour for my son, so that we can just be free to study Torah all day long. The point of this Gemara is going to be that there's certain menial tasks. That you can assume the father never intended to to, to, to forbid himself uh, on his son. And then with the mutal, the malot lo habit shel the father still has the right to tell that son, you know, fill me up a barrel of uh, you know water, or that leak lo etanir, or you know, to light for him a uh, a candle. That's considered like a menial thing that we assume that the father never had intention. Also, let's say to roast for him a uh, you know a small fish. That's also considered uh, permissible. Look at the uh, run, the third line. From small things, it's not so much to do these chores. 
He did not make a nether on him. Vachim Mukha Hipurushab to Sultan Behur the Tanya, Masse, Behaj, and Sabrina Tamut, Ravid Roman, Asubanaka, Betilor, Biosimilum to Habicha, Mamadik Motane. Like with some of the rabbis, there was a story over there that says the guy was Madina's son against the, the stuff from, from, from having an hand. The rabbi said the, the son is allowed to fill the father up a barrel of water and also do a uh, you know, service for him on the lighting the nether. Now he brings Yerushalmi. يرشالني Goods. What's the They want to make a haluk between a man and a lady. What does it mean? misuyam. But if you, if he's an adam hashuv, asu ota isha. So again, adam hashuv and isha have one law. Then you have a regular. Regular kid, regular uh, boy. Well, what's the haluk? She says, "Kolomat." The isha ve adam misuyam, a lady and adam misuyam, a hashuv person, and darkam nikah hafatzim in hashuk. They don't go to the marketplace. I guess it's public. Adam hashuv doesn't go to the market to, to buy things and hashuk. And therefore, ve anan sadi da adam te da achi lo adre. And therefore, you could assume that what for these things he did not uh, uh, he did not osir uh, him. Because they don't go to the shuk usually these people, so therefore he never had this in mind. Aval, and therefore he can go to the shuk for him because he never thought about these things when he made the nether. Aval ish In the case where a regular guy who usually goes to the marketplace, it's like a reverse logic over here. The ones that normally go, like a regular guy would go to the shuk, so you say you know what for this afilu bani adre. He, he, he made a, 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 a nether on him. I don't want to have an half from you. Mm-hmm. And therefore, one shita says, only barrel and, uh, and the nid, but not uh, going to the shuk. However, on Adam Hashuv, the Numa doesn't go to the shuk anyway, so he wasn't thinking about that during the nether. Now, if he wants to tell him to go to the shuk, he'd be able to. Because he never thought about that at the time of the nether. That's the different she told Adam Hashuv and a regular person. Comes the Gemara and continues next case. Amar Birmi, Amar Biyuhanan, Amudaran Amar Averro. Okay, God makes a nether against his friend, his wife, Anna from his friend. Mutal Ashkoto, he still can make a nether. I don't want to have any Anna from Shimon. Shimon is allowed to give him Kos Shil Shalom. So Gemara says, Ma Yeninu Nihu. What is this Kos Shil Shalom? Akat Tergimu Kos Shil Betavil. That's the course, course of the mourners that used to give the, uh, the Avedim, let's say a, a cup of wine, they would give the Avedim in order to, to calm them down. So the Hattushin, even though Reuven makes a neder, not the Vanah from Shimon, but they, they, we assume that he didn't go to that level, that there's one of Vanah, Hattushin, if he's an Avel, and then we can give him Koshil Avel. That's referring to the cup of water they used to give after the person would come out of the Bet uh, the bathhouse, I guess they needed to hydrate themselves, so they give him a, a, a cup of water to give him life. So therefore, he wasn't referring to that. That's called koshel shalom. Now, what's the logic? So look at the name. Mutal shkoto koshel shalom. Kolmar mutal shemshom bekoshel bet avil. Ina mishu bet merhas. Terkesh shalom. Aha. That's what's called koshel shalom. Because it's terkesh shalom. The person comes out of the bathhouse. If you're not going to give him a uh, 
you know, a, a glass of water is going to cause uh, friction. Uh, but who does the water belong to? Who does the wine belong to? To the Uven. All Shimon is doing it is serving it them. Just like in the case of Tabu Torah, the son that was able to fill the barrel up for the father, whose water is it? The father's water. All we're talking about is service. But he cannot give him a Mamashana, which is if the if the if Shimon is paying for the cup of water or paying for a cup of wine to give it to Reuven, then Reuven is having Mamashana. So we're only discussing over here the anyan of the service. That he can give him the pass in the cup to do the uh, shimush. Comes the Yamalai continues, Right? We learned in our Mishnah, we had a Mahloket. Right? Can he feed him the behemah, Tema'ah, or not? Okay? To be the eyes that said, yes. Tarakama said, no. Tanya, we have a third Chitana. Yoshua Ish Uzza Omer. Zan Abadab Shifchotav Hakinanim. That we have it again. Reuven was Osen himself, Kanan from Shimon. Shimon can feed the servants of Reuven. But he cannot feed his animals. According to this Shita, he cannot feed any of his animals. Why? Which means the word Avidan is that you can have no hana'af from them, you can't slaughter them, and therefore you have no hana'af uh, from giving them uh, uh, food. It's different to sell it to them. I'll give you one at a time. And therefore, since you have no hana'af from them, hey, look, 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 at, uh, look at the Rashi. He has our girsa. And that's how he's learned the word Limini Haruta. Limini Haruta means the Surah Avoda, Velonit Patim. And therefore, you don't give them food in order to, to fatten them up. So therefore, he's coming along and saying, You can give the Shifahot. By giving them extra food, it's not giving them Mamashay. Hana, you don't care if they're fat. Adraba, if they're fatter, it's hard for them to work, like we said, right? So therefore, since. The, for, for the Shifaqot and the Abadim <laughs> giving them extra food is even counterproductive again we're talking about only more than they need to live if you're giving them what they need to live then Vada'i is going to be Asu just like we said according to the Be'ezer by the Be'emah Tim'ah we're talking about over here giving them to fatten them up that'll be Mizwah so then why can't you give the animals so give what says Be'emah lefutma Avida but the animal Avida to make them fat why? Maybe not for working purposes, but maybe if, after they die, you could sell it and get more money for their meat. So therefore, ben teora, ben is going to be a so that's really the run. Again, same point. Talking only excess. You can't feed, Shimon cannot feed the Shifa'ot what they need to live. Which is this rabbi who is called Yoshua bin Uzzah. He's going back to be the Isaac. That was to be the Isaac allowed to give the animal who's a Timah. To mifatim him, to give him more uh, food than he needs. Because he held that what? That that only slows the animal down. He argues on that. He says, you know what? Even an animal that's tema, you can't give it excess. You, you cannot give it excess food. Why? Because why? You sell it. 
אני אומר, הוא אומר כמו מעלית שלי, חייבים, אבל בעבדה, בשפורתו וכנראים, מי היית דאינו למנקרותה עבדינן. Different language, what's מנקרותה? כלומר, לנקר about תשמיש בלבד. They're cleaning up. You don't want a fat servant. Their purpose is what? To clean up. That we don't sell them and things like that. We don't eat them as well. So therefore, by fattening them up, it's no hana'atari to the owner. That's one interpretation. וביקה דקאסי למנחרותה, כלומר שאין עומדים לאכילה, אלא לנחירה בעלמא. שכשאין מתים מניעים אותם ואין אדם אוכלם. לנחירותה, according to this interpretation, means they just left. If they're going to get slaughtered, what do you do to the Ibed if he gets slaughtered? Leave it there. You don't do anything to him, you don't eat him. So there was no hana'a. So there's two different grisot of ilm and karuta. They're just for cleaning purposes, or they're just therefore to be left. Haruta means if they're slaughtered. What's the language he has? Uh, which means okay. I mean, you, after they die, you leave them there uh, to. To, to, no, you, you don't eat them. Well, it's, it's a servant. The point is, according to, it comes out we have three shi'ot. Let's review the three shi'ot in the Mishnah. Because we have Tana Kama that says you can feed Ben Tehora Ben Temea Kanat. Sorry, Kanat Ben Tehora Ben Temea. What's the reason? Because uh, Tehora you'll eat. You store it, you eat it. That's Tana right away. Temea you sell it or feed it to the dogs. Good. According to the Bili Aizir, Tehora no. Because you can have anah, tamei yeah. Because he don't look at it from the purpose of uh, from, uh, from 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 selling it and things like that. He looks at it from eating purposes. Yeah. Bottom line, I can't eat it tamei. Uh, so I'm not getting a anah. And anyway, um, to have it fatter is counterproductive according to the Bili Aizer. Because he says, what, what, what am I doing? It's not going to work uh, as hot. Because that's the Bili Aizer shita. Now, granted, the Ram pointed out that even according to the Bili Aizer, would be a sur to feed the tamei. What it needs to live. Because that's giving the uvenei hana'ah. Okay, that's that. Now we have the shita of Yoshua Ish Uzzah. He comes along and says that what? Lo yezunu b'emto ben teme'ah ben teorah. He comes along and says that you cannot feed, not the teorah, which everybody agrees, and not even the teme'ah. Now, it's going back on the Bili Aizid. He said that which should be the Aizid was matir. To give the Tema'ah uh, food, he's coming along and saying that it's a sur. Why? Because it's the Futma Avida. He said, I argue on that. He said, because you do want to fan it up. What? To sell it. And because you want to fan it up to sell it, so it's going to be a sur as well. So you have uh, uh, different, uh, different uh, shitot over here. Right, he argues on the Bidia Ezer. Very good. But his Fadush is what? Avadav and Shifchotav are Mutarim. Ruchadu'a le'olam, amen ve'amen.